0: Hello, my Rebels. I'm going to take you step-by-step through a video from Newmarket, Ontario, with a man where a man was slammed to the ground in front of his pregnant girlfriend. For what? Was he not wearing a mask? Well, indeed, he was. I'll try and make sense of it and how it's become normalized. That's ahead, but first, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. Just eight bucks a month. It's a great deal, I think. Less than Netflix, less than pretty much any of those services. And it's a point of view you just won't get anywhere else. Just go to Revolution.com and click subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, a mall in Newmarket, Ontario beats up a man who was wearing a mask. What were they doing? We'll show you the videotape. It's December 14th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon there consumer go. I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why i publish publishing it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Everyone is a journalist these days. I think it's a good thing because we catch a lot more things that maybe authorities wouldn't want to see the light of day here's an example i saw this homemade video report on a smartphone last night on instagram on some local gossip channel i thought it was shocking take a look this is exactly what i first saw you'll see it fresh like i did without any explanation
1: Get the f me! Get the off me! No! Get the off Get off me! Get off off This is a racist! <laughs> the <Get off laughs> <off me>. f <laughs> Get off me, bro! Well, not good.
0: So what exactly was that? Well, it quickly came to light that that was a mall in Newmarket, Ontario, part of the greater Toronto area, called the Upper Canada Mall. And that man was allegedly being tackled for a mask infraction. Three, then four, then five, then as many as six on one, stomping this man into the ground for no mask. And all I could think of was, wow, Not sure if that's an improvement on public health, but that's the name of the law they're enforcing. But soon I saw this next video that showed me the beginning of the altercation. In fact, it captures the exact moment when the stomping began. You'll see that the man in question was recording himself in selfie mode, and three of the security guards were walking behind him, also with him was his pregnant girlfriend. Here, take a look at that. <laughs> Yo, yeah, you got the three <laughs> Stooges here.
1: Curly, there's Curly. The the curly, What's Larry, walking? and yeah. Moe over there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put your hands on me, bro. Don't put your hands on me. Keep going. Keep going. Don't put your hands on me. Ooh. Don't put your hands on me. Okay. You're under arrest for on me on, you, bro. Hey, hey! You cannot put your hands on him. What are you doing, bro? Stop! What are you talking about? We're leaving. We're
0: not leaving. Yes, we are. Our
1: exit's right straight. Close those doors, like I told you. Are you kidding me? Our exit's right there. Our exit's right there! Get the off me! Don't do that! Hello? Our exit is right there! The Are you good? Get the
2: off me! Okay, but you didn't have to put your hands
1: on, put hands on us. No not! I have it all on recording, you have Get the f*** was not! Get the f*** off me! leaving! No, you weren't. Our exit's... The... Get back.
0: now it's a little bit different is it the first thing i noticed is that the man who was being frog marched out of the mall and his wife they were both wearing masks they weren't against masks obviously they weren't anti-mask activists going to the mall to make a point. Even after they were being kicked out, they were compliant. Maybe they actually believe in masks. Maybe they just didn't want a fight. That one gentleman was swearing at the men behind him. And frankly, these days, I don't blame him. Imagine being invited into a mall, spending your money, you're told to come and go shopping, and then you're being unceremoniously kicked out. Yeah, I can forgive him the odd swear and you know what, of all the insults to throw at mall cops, calling them Larry Curly and Moe that's not the sharpest barb I've heard. You'll notice how quickly it turned though. The man was saying, "Don't touch me, don't put your hands on me, don't put your hands on me." He wasn't threatening, he wasn't punching. In fact, he was walking at a fair pace, especially given that his wife was pregnant. They were walking out of the mall on the demand of the security guards. And then something, like a switch, was flipped in the mind of at least one of the security guards. And they suddenly said, you're under arrest for trespass. And they slammed him down on the ground. Thank God they didn't do that to his pregnant girlfriend. She picked up the phone, which was still recording, and the rest we saw. So the story's a little bit different, isn't it? was he really someone tackled for not wearing his mask doesn't look like it he was wearing his mask at the moment he was tackled was he tackled because he wouldn't leave the store no he was leaving the store they were marching him out of the store and he wasn't lollygagging he wasn't running but again going about as fast as you'd expect someone to go whose girlfriend was heavily pregnant so what exactly happened well Um, A larger recording and a larger story soon appeared in the regional newspaper, and it's published at yorkregion.com, a local newspaper. I want to read a few quotes because they identified the man and his girlfriend and some facts, and they have a few quotes here that I think are very interesting. Let me quote from Joshua Walker, the name of the man who was slammed to the ground and who, in fact, is now facing, get this, he is facing charges of assault. Let me ask you again. In either of the clips that I showed you, did he fight back? Looks like a big guy, fairly strong guy. And as you'll learn, he's actually a serving soldier. I think he probably could have thrown a few punches if he wanted to, but he never did, did he? He hollered a bit. He swore a bit. He said, get off me and don't touch me. But he never hit anyone, did he? Yet he's the one charged with assault. I'll read a bit. 100% 100% I feel I was racially profiled, Joshua Walker, who is black, said the afternoon of December 11th, moments after he was charged by York Regional Police. I don't think it was a racial incident. I think it was a mask incident. I think it was security guards snapping and giving into a violent temptation. I don't think it was a black thing, but I wasn't there. I'm just telling you, I've seen enough security flip out. don't think it's a race thing, but I wasn't there. Mall spokesperson Adrian Simich said Walker had been belligerent leading up to the altercation with security guards, and York Regional Police Constable Lauren Nicole said a review of all video taken indicates the charges are warranted. Well, I agree that calling the security guards' names is slightly belligerent, but at that point in time, he was being marched out of there already. He was told that he was violating the Trespass Act and he had to get out, and he was complying. So the belligerence itself may be a reason to kick a guy out of a mall, but once he's being kicked out, is that an excuse to stomp him, pound him, throw him to the floor, and, quote, arrest him? I don't know. I haven't practiced the law in a long time, but being belligerent, I don't recall that being in our criminal code. Now, the police weighed in, which I think is odd, Normally, they let their uh, charges do the talking in court, but the cops wanted to join in on this for some reason. I mentioned York Regional Police Constable Laura Nicole. She said, Walker has been charged under the criminal code with assault with intent to resist arrest and under the Trespass to Property Act with engage in prohibited activity on premises, Nicole said. All right. So she's saying what he's being charged with. Normally, that doesn't happen until there's a court appearance. Um, We learn also from yorkregion.com that Walker is a corporal in the Queen's Own Rifles Reserves Regiment, and his girlfriend, Samantha Johnson, were eating at the food court in the mall. So I like the guy already, given that he didn't fight back, even though he clearly could have, you know, landed a few blows on the security. I like a guy who's in the military, and I tend to give him a little bit more respect and a little bit more of my time. Uh, Again, the newspaper says they were approached They said they were approached by a security guard who said removing their masks and eating in the food court was not permitted under COVID-19 restrictions. So let me say again what happened. These weren't people walking without a mask. They were sitting down in the food court eating their food without a mask on, which, as far as I know, is the only way to eat food without a mask on. Johnson, that's the girlfriend, said the guards allowed them to walk through the mall rather than having to leave through the closest exit after she told them she is 18 weeks pregnant. So because they were eating in the food court without a mask on, they were told to get out. They were told they were violating the Trespass Act and they were being ejected. So they agreed to walk out. And it being chilly, the guards agreed to let this pregnant woman walk out through the inside. And that's where we picked up on that second videotape, didn't we? As they are walking on the first floor of the mall towards an exit, Walker is recording the incident on his phone, laughing and making fun of the security guards by calling them the three effing stooges here. Fair enough, but let me read a little bit more. Moments later, there's an altercation with the guards, with Walker repeatedly saying, don't put your hands on me. Look at that passive wording. There is an altercation with the guards. What does that mean, there is an altercation? We know because we saw the footage that Walker was walking and his hand was filming himself talking and the security guards were behind him. At least one of his hands was busy holding the phone. He was facing forward, there were three men behind him and they were all walking. The only other information we have is that Walker said, don't put your hands on me. To go from that to saying there was an altercation, we clearly know the altercation was not started by Walker Because he was facing away from the men, walking forward, talking into his camera, and he wasn't even looking at the men. Then suddenly we hear one of the security guards saying, we're arresting you, you're under arrest, and then they slam him down. Look at that passive language, there was an altercation. It's like that old phrase, mistakes were made. It covers up the truth, it doesn't reveal it. A guard tells him he's under arrest for trespassing, and security guards tackle him to the ground i want to take a minute and i want to read to you from the trespass to property act which is the toronto law for trespass and i know a little bit about this law because this is the law that david menzies was charged under for reporting on the fact that brampton mayor uh patrick brown was sneaking into a publicly owned hockey arena and playing games while he was banning the children of brampton from doing so as you may know David was given a trespass, he was arrested and given a ticket for trespassing on the sidewalk outside that public property. Obviously, we're appealing that all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary, but let me read to you from the Trespassive Property Act. It's a pretty short law and it's pretty easy to understand. Here, let's just take a look at it now and I'll make my point in a moment. Section two says, every person who is not acting under a right or authority conferred by law and who, section B, does not leave the premises immediately after he or she is being directed to do so by the occupier of the premises or a person authorized by the occupier is guilty of an offense. So if you're on a property, even if you were invited on it, like a mall, it's private property, but you're invited on it. The store says, welcome, enter, come on in, spend your money. So you're on the private property as an invited guest. The property has the right to eject you And if you are told to leave, you do have to leave. But as you saw, they were leaving. You know that because you saw it. You know that because you saw the the man and the woman walking out and you heard the explanation that they were just going a certain route because she was pregnant, so they were inside. So they were actually in compliance with the act. If you were invited onto someone's property and they say leave and you leave, You have not broken the Trespass to Property Act. You're complying with it. You don't have to leave in a flash. You have to leave promptly. You have to leave reasonably. You have to leave immediately, but you don't have to physically run. You have to walk at a reasonable pace. At no time was Corporal Walker or his girlfriend in contravention of the act. They were told to leave and they were leaving. No one broke the law There was no legal basis for them to be arrested, let alone slammed to the ground. Let me read some more, though. This is from the York Region Report. The security guard called for backup from other security guards, and York Regional Police were called. Now get this. This is the mall here. Our priority is keeping our customers and employees working in the mall as safe as possible during the pandemic, and we are operating under strict conditions. Do you think they kept people as safe as possible? They sure didn't keep Corporal Walker and his girlfriend safe, did they? What exactly was the risk from them? We're never told. As you saw, they were wearing their masks when they were stomped. Let me read one last uh, uh, series of excerpts. This is from the York Regional Police. So the stomping was done by the private security, but the police came later. Now, take a look at this. Nicole, that's uh, Officer Laura Nicole of the York Regional Police, said police have reviewed video from the incident, including footage from the mall. Security guards and posted on social media and feel the charges against Walker are warranted. In this incident, the security guard observed two people in the food court area eating and not wearing masks. They were asked to disperse and failed to comply. Well, hang on a second, we, we saw that they complied. We, we watched that with our own eyes. Additional security resources responded, and the two people were asked to leave the mall. As a courtesy, security agreed to allow them to leave through the entrance closer to their vehicle and began walking them toward that entrance, she said. All right, so they left immediately, contrary to what she said just a moment earlier, and according to police, they had the agreement and the permission of the mall to take the route that they did. And they were going at a reasonable clip considering that the woman was pregnant. Get this. The suspect was yelling and swearing at the security officers. That's true. We saw that. I don't know if he was yelling. He was speaking at a good volume. We saw that in the videotape. By the way, it's not against the law to raise your voice, and it's not even against the law to swear. But get this next sentence. This is the killer for me. He began filming them and refusing to leave. Did he refuse to leave? I agree he began filming him, but did he refuse to leave? Take one more look. Over there. (laughs)
1: Don't put your hands on me, bro. Don't put your hands on me. Don't put your hands on me. Don't put your hands on me. Don't put your hands on me, me. bro.
0: He didn't refuse to leave. He was leaving. They actually stopped him from leaving because they chose to stomp him instead. Why would that officer lie like that? Why would she say that she uh, reviewed the videotape and he refused to leave? We saw him leaving. The police officer admits that the mall agreed he would leave on a certain route. We watched them leaving and they were stomped. Why are the police endorsing This group violence, I'd even call it gang violence against this man. Now, he says it's racially charged. Maybe it is, but you don't have to go there. You don't even have to say, where's my civil right about a mask? The guy was wearing a mask. He was wearing a mask when he was stomped. Thank God they didn't stomp the pregnant woman as well. Here's my point. This is being called normal now. The mall is standing by this. The police are standing by the mall cops. It's not their business to do that. They're choosing to do that. Laughably, this, story, this same story says they're reviewing hours and hours of footage. There's not hours and hours of footage. There's a couple minutes. I've shown you everything relevant. This is the new normal. A couple are eating food in the food court. They're told not to, so they walk out and leave. And they cuss on their way out. You know, you would too if you went into a mall and were told to leave in a ridiculous way and to be stomped and pounded for that? It's a good point though, where is Black Lives Matter? I don't think it's a racial thing, but why is this man's civil liberties and his physical integrity smashed? And it's excused by the mask ideologues who say, if you don't follow each one of these rules punctiliously, expect to be smashed. If you have a restaurant like Adam Skelly and Adamson's Barbecue, And if you contravene a rule, you won't just get a ticket. You'll get 100 police, 50 cars and six riot horses. This is the tyranny they told us Donald Trump represented. This is the fascism. This is the autocracy. This is the uh, steel hand glove and the steel boot that we were told Trump represented. But here we have it with every little police force, public health officer, and now every little mall cop. Where's the Canadian Civil Liberties Association? Where's the Police Oversight Commission? Where's the trial lawyers lining up to sue them all? We now live in an era, unthinkable less than a year ago, that a man and a woman wearing a mask being marched out of a mall can be pulverized in the name of public health. Stay with us for a minute. Well, while the nation is gripped with so many crises, the pandemic, even worse, the lockdown in response to the pandemic, even worse, the massive spending and borrowing that will take decades to pay down, Justin Trudeau did the most bizarre thing, unplanned, unpromised. So out of the blue, he stuck a dagger into anyone's wallet that spends money on energy, on transportation. And that's for everyone in the country, but that dagger actually was aimed at the heart of Alberta and Saskatchewan and the other oil-producing provinces. I'm talking about Trudeau's shocking decision to raise the carbon tax to $170 a ton, more than triple what is is now. Can you imagine doing that to a country that is economically as reeling as our own is now. Joining us now to talk about it is the Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, Franco Terrizano, who joins us now. You're in Calgary, am I right, Franco?
2: Yeah, I'm in Calgary right now.
0: That is the center of the bullseye for the carbon tax. That city has had either the highest or amongst the highest unemployment rate for years in this country. It used to be the opposite. Out of the blue, this shot at the oil patch what on earth is the justification for this?
2: Well, I, certainly I think the place that we have to start here is, is a simple truth, and that's that the Trudeau government lied to us. Um, leading up into the last uh, election, you know, former Environment Minister Catherine McKenna, she told us that the government has no intention of increasing the carbon tax beyond what they already told us about. Well, guess what? Turns out that was a lie. Um, But it's not just Trudeau's former environment minister, because Trudeau himself is breaking a promise. I mean, it was only a few months ago that he told us that he wasn't going to be increasing taxes, that he wasn't going to be saddling Canadians with higher costs. And now we find out that there's going to be a massive carbon tax hike. So, So this is absolutely not courageous. Really, it's the opposite. It's gutless. You know, it would have been courageous if Trudeau actually looked us in the eye and he told us that he was going to soak Canadian families for an extra 30 bucks when they go up to fill their minivans in carbon taxes. So it really is a betrayal. And as you pointed out, I mean, it's coming at probably the worst possible time for this.
0: It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the economy is has had such a shock to the system, frankly, the decline in economic activity. If you care about carbon dioxide emissions, and I'm not, I'm a skeptic of the theory of man-made global warming, but you should be cheering because this human misery actually has caused less emissions because we're living smaller. People are going bankrupt. So for those who value that, hooray, congratulations, this is what you wanted, but you know, this to do that, on, to- on top of all the misery, feels so punitive. And I, and I can't help but think that just a few weeks ago, there was all this kerfuffle in the media about something the World Economic Forum calls the Great Reset, which is, you know, get off carbon fuels, get onto shopping from Amazon and and this strange digital only life. Justin Trudeau was talking about the Great Reset at the UN uh, press conference, and all these mainstream media types are saying, oh, that that's not real, that's a conspiracy theory. And out of the blue, he does one of the things they talk about in the Great Reset at the World Economic Forum. He basically taxes oil and gas so punitively, it's it's going to stop people from heating their homes and driving. Is this part of a global thing? Is any other country... Going along with this great reset, China certainly isn't. They're going full tilt. Are we the only people stupid enough to do this, Franco?
2: Well, you you know, you talk about misery, and um, and I'm in Calgary, and. I know all Canadians are struggling and I know all Canadians have been struggling for the last few months. Um, but in Calgary and Alberta, I mean, we've been struggling for the last five plus years, you know, and, and it, it's really sucks to to have these conversations with my fellow Albertans. You know, when I hear about families who are struggling to put groceries on the table, um, who are burning through their savings, you know, we, I talk to small businesses frequently, and, and I hear that they're not sure whether they're going to be able to fully recover from this, right? They're hanging on by a thread. Our, our economy is hanging on by a thread. And unfortunately, we hear this new news, which amounts to a lie from the Trudeau government, um, that they're going to be hiking massively the carbon tax. Right. And it's really just another kick to the shins while while we're already down, while we're already hurting. Um, We talk about Alberta. We've already seen uh, the no more pipelines law. The discriminatory tanker ban um, and and of course moving the regulatory the regulatory goalposts on Energy East rejecting Northern Gateway I mean you really can go on and on and on Um, and and I think that's why Albertans uh, are are really feeling a lot of the pain I know all Canadians are feeling pain right now and this uh, this carbon tax hike is certainly going to increase that pain um, but it's really going to do a lot of harm to Alberta's economy
0: you know very early in the lockdown was Earth Hour. That's a gimmick invented by Gerald Butts, Trudeau's former boss at the World Wildlife uh, Foundation. And uh, it was, turn off your electricity for an hour, don't do anything for an hour. And Trudeau, quote, celebrated that during the, the darkest hours of the lockdown. Um, we, the whole country was in misery because we were locked down. And he was saying, woo, we, this is our ideal, you know, no electricity, no light bulbs, no computer, just lock. like, it, it, was, it was so gross. But an extra layer of gross was that he was so childish and juvenile that he was celebrating this during the worst part of the lockdown. But that wasn't a one-off, Franco. Later on, he announced a ban on single-use plastics. Single-use plastics have been a major tool in dealing with this pandemic Um, in terms of food safety and gloves and, you know, try doing any of those things with old plastic. And now you have this carbon tax. It looks like he's doing these foolish pet projects that I just know, Franco, are not in the top 10 list of what Canadians want. He's taking advantage of the crisis to ram through any cockamamie scheme that he's always wanted to do. This would normally be front page news.
2: Well, you know, I mean, of course, the Trudeau government is going to try to dress this up as an environmental plan, but the carbon tax is not an environmental plan; it's a tax plan, right? I mean, look, if if we're if we're going to talk about this, you have to look at it from a global perspective. Uh, Canada makes up what about 1.5 percent of of GHG emissions. Uh, I mean, so even if Trudeau uh, manages to bring our economy to a screeching halt, it's really not going to have um, it's really not going to have a global impact. Right? So what we're seeing is we're seeing our, our, our federal government really continue to pull coals into our own economy. Um, and if we really are concerned about um, the, the environment, then what we should be doing is making it easier, not harder for us to export our oil and gas across the world. Um, but we're not seeing that. Right, Bill C 69, the normal pipelines law, the discriminatory tanker ban, right? This is making it harder. And and on top of that, um, we're also making it harder for families to put food on the table, right? For businesses to get their uh, neighbors back to work. And, and, you know, lost in this from the taxpayer perspective is it's going to cost taxpayers. I mean, how do we pay for a lot of the government services or or at least a large portion through our oil and gas industry?
0: Let me leave you with this. I I got a phone call out of the blue from a very senior uh, businessman in Alberta on the weekend. I was shocked that he called me. I I couldn't believe it was out of the blue. And he's been driven to the edge by this, Um, not personally, but his patience for confederation as it runs under the current system. And for a man of such stability and establishment to say he's basically done, was shocking to me. Um, Wexit was on the radar of Albertans and other Westerners after the 2019 election. The pandemic sort of put everything in the freezer for six months. But I'm starting to hear voices like that again that I had never thought would talk that way. I think Trudeau wants to drive the West out, and I think he'd be happy if the West was driven out. He'd enjoy pounding them with a stick out the door, and then he would, he would win forever because he would get rid of the conservative voting province. I actually think Trudeau likes antagonizing the West. I don't know if you want to talk about any of those things, but I just sure feel it. I sure feel it.
2: Well, I can, I can certainly tell you that people are struggling right now, and we've been struggling for a long time. And, and I think there's no doubt that there's uh, there's a bit of a prairie fr- a prairie fire out here. And, and certainly Trudeau's uh, massive carbon tax hike is adding fuel to that fire. So, I mean, I mean it would be great to see our, our, our political leaders kind of come to the table here. But one of the things that Albertans are going to need to see is we're going to need to see the federal government take the regulatory noose. Um, That's hanging around our economy right now. So we really need to to see the feds. I mean stop tightening the noose.
0: Well, I wish they would listen to you Franco I fear they won't and I fear for the worst for the West Which is where I'm from and even though I'm out here in exile in Toronto My heart is in the West and this is a terrible thing being done to the West. There's no economic or environmental sense to it It's causing pain. I'm so glad you're out there speaking to the other side of this. Keep it up my friend.
2: Well, hey, thank you so much
0: for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is Franco Terrazano. He's the Alberta director of the, Alberta, of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, one of the only groups out there that does not take money from the Trudeau government, which is the reason why they're one of the only groups out there that can speak so plainly and independently. And if you can, I would encourage you to support them, not only financially if you can, but to follow their stories. Follow them on Twitter. Follow their website. They are like us. They are fully independent. And my God, we need all the allies we can get. That's Franco Terrazano. Stay with us more ahead. Hey, welcome back to my show Friday. Kathleen writes, the liberal scandals continue to get bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, why not? Where's the check and balance to them? You know, I, I noted that it's been, I guess it's been five days now since we broke the massive China file story. And it's been covered all around the world. You saw I went on to the Tucker Carlson show. The National Post is covered, the Globe and Mail is covered, the Toronto Sun is covered, it's been covered. The CBC has run one sentence about it. I don't care if they don't like me or how we got the documents, the documents we got them. They simply are refusing to report on an enormous foreign affairs and security scandal. So of course they're gonna refuse to report on smaller scandals too. They're in the tank for Justin Trudeau, but he already knew that, he pays them. Bruce writes, even though we aren't technically at war with China, they still view us as the enemy. That's why they fight us by corrupting our politicians and university faculty in such a subtle way. Trudeau didn't technically commit treason, but his actions gave aid and comfort to that snake, the CCP. I think you're pretty accurate there. I should tell you that Xi Jinping believes they're at war. There's different ways to fight a war there's cyber attacks, there's espionage, there's industrial espionage, there's war by other means. I think that China believes they're at war. Why would we think we're not? Nicholas writes Keep sharing your news about the liberal Trudeau corruption everywhere in the world. Oh, we will, and I just find it so unusual that we have more interest in these stories about. Canadian security on American media than in our rival Canadian media. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.